beautiful people. This is episode three of Bands and Motivation. I am Yamide. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone, except those who get mad when their friends succeed. Bad Bele people, you know yourselves. If you don't know, Bad Bele is a Nigerian slang slash pigeon for a hater. Someone who is jealous and does not wish you well. Hashtag frenemies. We'll be discussing frenemies today along with entanglements, because unless you've been under a rock, you know that that is the word of the week. Talking about black hair, which I touched on briefly last week when we're discussing double consciousness. And finally, slaying down excuses. I hope you guys have been having a good week so far. I hope you are staying safe and masking up when you do go out. Do not forget, COVID-19 is still out there, infecting people and spreading fast because everyone is letting their guard down. More importantly, I hope you're taking out time for yourself, resting, breathing, decompressing, shutting out negativity, and easing up on the bad news. We talked about this last week and I think the week before. There's so much bad news out there. If it's not ICE trying to deport international students, it's the number of people who are dying from the disease, it's the bubonic plague. There's just always bad news on TV. And yes, that is the reality. A lot of bad things are happening. Must we sit and wallow in it? No. We talked about protecting your peace last week. You have to be careful what you let in. You have to be careful what you ingest. You have to be careful what you allow to weigh you down. Sometimes you don't notice because you just keep watching, 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 watching. All of a sudden you're like, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling down. I don't know why. That is why. Time yourself. I've said this before. Maybe watch the news for an hour and spend the rest of the day doing other stuff. Don't just keep over and over and over again, keep pumping in, taking in negativity. It's going to wear you down. It's going to wear you out. It's going to affect your mental health. And you don't need that. Let's be honest. It's not like you're the person coming up with the cure for COVID-19 and you're not working on the vaccine either. So why are you trying to kill yourself? There's no need. There's no point. Do your own part. Keep sanitizing your hands, washing your hands. If you have to go out, keyword being if, then be safe, wear a mask, Observe social distancing. Don't be one of those stubborn goats we're seeing on social media. People are recording having meltdowns because you're being asked to wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, if you have a medical condition that prevents you from wearing a mask, please stay at home. What is ironic about this is if you actually have a medical condition that is preventing you from wearing a mask, that means that your respiratory system is not working the way it should be and you are actually at higher risk for catching COVID. You are one of those people who ends up on a ventilator and that is not good. So please, please, please stay home. If you do have to go out, make sure that you are covered up, you are masked up, you are staying away from people. This is not the time to be meeting random people, meeting strangers, being overly friendly, walking up close to people, busybodying and whatever else will make you be in close proximity with people that you don't live in the same house with and you have not been in lockdown with. Your life is worth more than that. If everybody obeys social distancing rules, if everybody stays home, if COVID stops spreading, it will die down. The vaccine will come out in a few months. Everybody will be better off for it. We can go back outside. We can start going to weddings and parties. And if club is your thing, hanging out with family, sports games, etc., etc. So, you guys know, entanglement has been the word of the week. In the past week, There have been so many memes, so many videos, everybody talking about it. If for some reason you live under a rock, you were on a space mission, 
to Mars or the moon or wherever it is that people go, you did not know what happened. You don't know what the history is. You don't know what that is about. Let me give you a brief breakdown. Jada Pinkett Smith, who is Will Smith's wife, was accused. I don't know if the word is accused. Let me backtrack. August Alsina is a musician, young guy, 27, came out a few weeks ago, I think about two, three weeks ago, and said he had an affair with Jada and he had Will Smith's permission. Jada first and Will denied it. And then she has a show called Red Table Talk on Facebook. She posted a few days later that she was going to be bringing herself to the table. And the premise of her show is people are honest, people are, you know, bear their minds. Everything is real, no lies, no pretense. So Black Twitter was excited. People were looking forward to counting down, hearing what she had to say, what her excuse was going to be, if she was going to admit or deny, and so on and so forth. She came on there. Will was on there with her. So I guess their roles, not, I won't say reverse, but Will was playing her as far as asking questions and directing where things would go. And she did admit that something happened between her and August Alsina. But instead of using, I guess, regular speak or parlance and just saying, yes, we had an affair, we dated, we hooked up, we're in a relationship. She said we were in an entanglement. And of course, social media was not having it. The jokes were rolling in, the memes, people making videos, um, adding soundtracks. There was one that I got in a group and they had added soundtrack and, you know, try to make it a funny thing. And I was like, I'm waiting for Lord Sky to do justice to this whole track movement thing. So if you don't know, Lord Sky is a Nigerian producer. And a lot of times when funny viral memes come out, he adds, you know, musical beats and like clips of different dances and other stuff to it and makes it really interesting. And, you know, it's a hit. So I was waiting for Lord Sky to do justice to it. And he did not fall my hand. I already told you guys what fall my hand meant last week. So all of that was happening. And what I kept thinking was, regardless of whatever the situation was, who's lying, who's telling the truth, because there's so much in that whole story of Jada being, you know, 48, married woman, being married for ages, has two grown kids, having an affair with her son's friend, who's 21 years younger than she is. He was going through some mental health issues at the time, trying to kick addiction. She was supposed to be a mother figure. There's a lot in there. But that's not really my focus. My focus is on the word entanglement. So we talked about cushioning last week. The week before that, we talked about serial monogamy. And now we're talking about entanglement. So if you look up the meaning of entanglement in the dictionary, it pretty much says a complicated, difficult, or compromising relationship or situation. When I heard entanglement, to be honest, when I think of tango, I think of headphones. You know how the headphones who that have the wires, when you put them like in your bag, in your pocket, for whatever reason, no matter how carefully you try to lay it or fold it, the thing just mumbles and jumbles, everything mixed up. And when you get it out, you're just like, what is going on here? It is tangled. So when you think of tango and tango, you think of mix up, you think of everything being messy. You just think of just jumbled up confusion, which I'm guessing was her point. She would not just admit it was a relationship. Another definition of entanglement is a condition of being deeply involved, which, I mean, if you're in an intimate relationship with somebody, you are deeply involved. And of course, I said like mixing up or getting, you know, entangled, tangled up. So trying to break this down a little bit further, the whole idea of entanglement, I would say from her own explanation of her own situation is one person is there giving their all, loving, living 
worshiping the other person, the person they're dating. The other person, however, is just having fun. They're kicking it. They're, you know, let's see where this goes. This is fun and games. This is all fine and dandy. But I know this is nothing long term. I don't plan on this going further than this. This is my little secret. It's fun while it lasts. That's the best I can give you. To me, it sounds like another word for a situationship or something a lot more, much deeper, right? Because in a situationship, a lot of times, both people know that this is not an official relationship. You know, we're just kicking it. We're just having fun. Let's see where this goes. But in an entanglement, one person is in deep. Like August Alsina in his interview said, I love her. I loved her with everything. If I were to die today, I would be okay knowing that I loved somebody that much. Like I gave my all. I'm sorry, this is absurd. This is a married woman who, yes, she and her husband claim that they were estranged. Not really estranged, but they were separated. They were still living in the same house to the public. They were still together. So how separated could you really be, right? And Augusto Sina claims that he got Will Smith's permission. People are saying that's not true. That might be true. That might not be true. I do believe that Will knew what was happening. I do believe their kids knew what was happening. Why that is okay is between them. That's their business. That is not the focus. But the point being, she was still with her husband. Her family was still intact. So I don't know what she was telling August Alsina. I don't know what she was doing to August Alsina, but he was sold, capital S-O-L-D, in it, in love, just worshipping this woman, really, pretty much. And a lot of people find themselves in such situations. You're with somebody, you know, you can't be with that person, i.e., Young girls who are with married men who believe, oh, he's going to leave his wife for me, which almost always never happens. But you are just loving this person, willing to sacrifice for this person, willing to give your all, doing whatever they say, following their rules, trying to make them happy. Your life revolves around them. And to some of you, you think you're in a relationship, but you're not. You are in a ship that is sinking and the other person has bailed. You are the one drowning. You are entangled. You are in an entanglement. Some of you are professionals at this, I'm just kicking it thing. You say the right words, you tell people what they want to hear. Not to bash men, but most times, commonly, the entanglement thing works, you know, with guys. I think that's why a lot of people are surprised that this time the roles were flipped. And I think that's why it's getting so much traction and there's so much noise and everybody's just wondering how did this happen? How did Will allow this happen? Will is a fool for this? He got played, so on and so forth. But I was, as I was saying, a lot of times, Guys do it where they will tell the girl what they think she wants to hear. They will lead her on. Oh, your wife material. I can't wait to introduce you to my family. My friends love you. Everybody's already calling you my wife. Oh, I love a woman that knows how to cook. When we get married, our kids will be named this and we'll go here for our honeymoon. And I was even looking at rings. They're triggered words or phrases that they say and use that make the girl feel comfortable, feel, you know what, this is something. And she's really living and loving and putting everything in. But these people are only saying these things. None of their actions are actually showing these things. They're actually just kicking it, having fun. Like I said, they are professionals at that. Let's see where things go. Or eh, I don't want to put a tag or a title to it. Or you know what? It's fun right now. Let's not think far. But that person has maybe a wife, maybe a girlfriend, maybe a fiance. But they're living and acting with the other person as if this is us. We have a future. Keep investing your time. Keep investing your efforts. Just one question for those people who entangle others. Does Satan pay you on commission? Because they don't do it just once and stop. Literally, that's their thing. They do it. 
the girl maybe finally has her eyes open. She gets tired of waiting. She leaves or they even get tired and like, eh, I need another challenge. Cut that person off. On to the next one. On to the next one. Just go about wreaking havoc, causing trouble in people's lives. And that thing crushes. Like if you watch August Alcina's interview, he was crushed. He was pained. He was... What is ironic is he is the person who actually called the whole thing off and cut Jada off, cold turkey, blocked her, not taking her phone calls, not talking to her, not having anything to do with her. So I guess at some point he realized, eh, this ship is sinking. I'm drowning. I need to save myself. The only thing I can do is make a clean break for it. This person is not even interested. This person is pulling me along. This person is just having fun. And as Jada said, when Will was asking her on her show, she was trying to discover herself. She was trying to heal. Just trying to find out how she could be happy. So it was all about her. Unfortunately for August, he got sucked in to whatever it is she had going on and he played himself. My advice to you would be if you're getting into something with somebody, know where you stand, know what you mean to them. If you're just a, I won't even use the word rebound, but if you're a temporary safe place where they feel, mm, I can get away from the reality of what's happening in my real life or my real relationship, then know your place. I hope that is not fine with you. If it is, at least you know. Don't put in 100% for somebody who is putting in 5%. Don't make somebody your all to whom you're not even an option. It's not worth it. You'll get hurt. You'll be entangled. Life sucks. Don't do that to yourself. You are worth more than that. Talking about black hair, when we talked about double consciousness last week, I talked briefly or kind of mentioned briefly about black hair and how people say it's not professional. And that was part of the bigger discussion of Black people having to conform to the standards that white people have set in the workplace or in a professional setting. So now we're going to be talking about black hair, you know, on its own as its own topic. So if you grew up in a black neighborhood, in an African neighborhood from a young age, I won't really give a number, but let's say maybe eight girls start getting a perm, start putting relaxers in their hair, makes the hair straight, makes it more manageable. And they can, you know, braid it, cornrow it, whatever it is that they do to go to school, depending on your school, what hairstyle is allowed. People who keep their natural hair, it's not like it's taboo or anything. It's just a lot to take care of. If your mom is busy, if you don't have a salon near you, if it's expensive to maintain, a lot of times they just perm the hair because it looks better. It's not nappy. You can, you know, put it in a bun. You can pack it up. You can do fun fun stuff with it. You're not stressed out. It's not difficult to maintain or take care of. So from a young age, black girls are taught or told your natural hair is problematic. It takes a lot of time and effort. It hurts. It's easier and better for everybody if you just put a perm or relaxer or straighten it. That way it is more manageable. It's funny because your hair is not naturally that texture. Black people naturally don't have straight hair. I know that black is a large spectrum. There are people who are Latina black and Afro black and this black and that black. Even people who are Irish who only have half black or even a quarter black, your hair is not bone straight. You have different textures of curls, coils, curls. They have, you know, 1A, 1B, 3B, 4C. You know, if you're a woman, you know, probably know what some of those, you know, numbers, letters mean. But the point being, that is not the natural state of your hair. But for whatever reason, from a young age, that is what is pushed. That is what is taught that your hair is problematic and to take care of it. You need to do something to it to make it more manageable. Of course, the older you get, this now begins to translate into professional hair. So what is determined as professional hair is not your curls, is not your natural state of hair, is not you packing your hair in a bun, 
most certainly is not you leaving your hair out as quote unquote an afro or a twist out style. That was highly, highly, highly frowned upon. And I would say in more recent years, it has become more acceptable. Like you can do it and maybe it's not really a thing because everybody's trying to be politically correct. But I remember when I was in college and career fairs, you know, you would go to some of these um, pre-career fair kind of meetings or meetups or Black Association events where they're just talking about what to do, how to dress, how to present yourself and so on and so forth. So you get the attention of a recruiter. They take your resume, they take you seriously, they interview you, hopefully you land an internship or a full-time job. One thing that I noticed a lot of times that they always mentioned was make sure you look professional as far as your dressing, you know, wear a button-up shirt, maybe a skirt or slacks, so on and so forth. They always talked about hair. Make sure your hair is professional looking. And of course, a lot of times they would actually point to somebody who did not have what they considered professional hair, who either had like their natural Afro black hair packed up or braids. So I even had a friend one time who had an interview and people were saying, you can't go to your interview with braids. That's not professional, you know. And she started panicking and started trying to take off her braids. If you know what braids are, which I'm hoping you do, one, they take forever to get done. Two, they are really small. So the time and effort it takes you in taking that out and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? These braids are not professional. My natural hair is not professional. I need to get a weave or a wig to have that straight hair look. They will take me seriously. I have no way of explaining to you what that does to the self-confidence of a young woman, of a young black woman who already feels she doesn't belong or feels she has to work twice or thrice as hard to fit in. And then now even something that is quote-unquote beyond your control because that's how you were born, that's what your hair naturally is like. You are being told that hair does not conform to professional standards and people will not take you seriously. The people you're trying to emulate who are white people who have straight hair, that's their natural hair. They don't do anything to it. They might color it. They might, you know, wash it every day, blow dry it. But to get it to be bone straight, that is their natural hair. Who determined that their natural hair is the standard? Who determined that black women need to perm their hair, need to straighten their hair, need to put on a wig or a weave to be professional, to be taken seriously, to be accepted in the workplace? It doesn't really make any sense. To be honest, I don't see how the state of your hair, as far as it's neat and quote-unquote presentable, how does that affect the work you can do? If I have my hair out in an afro versus if I have a weave on that is straight hair, how does that determine how proficient I am at my job or how good I am at what I do? Zero. Has nothing to do with it. Same thing goes with guys. When guys start growing their hair out, black guys that is, I see that, oh, the hair is nappy or he has dreads or, you know, long hair as a black person or cornrows or whatever you want to call it that he does to the hair. People just assume that's an irresponsible man. He's probably a thug, probably has a criminal history. He doesn't have any good job. He's probably not educated. He's poor. He's on drugs. Every other bad thing that connotes just because he's growing out his natural hair. And a lot of times it doesn't matter how well groomed it is. Because a lot of guys who keep, black guys who keep their hair out, actually groom their hair. They wash it. They comb it. They might cornrow it. They might put it in dreads. No matter how nicely they pack it up, no matter whatever it is that they do, people just see them and assume you're a black man who has hair, who is, you know, growing out his natural hair, growing out his Afro hair. You are a thug. You're a criminal. You probably came out of jail. You definitely don't have a job. You're not responsible. What is annoying about this is these relaxers and perms that women, black women put in their hair, even from a young age, 
now studies are coming out saying that they're linked to cancer, breast cancer. So this is something that has been sold to black women. They've been doing for ages, for generations. Some people start at the age of five, six, and then they do it till their 60s, 70s, 80s, till they die. Can you imagine how many years, how many decades of chemicals that they have been putting in? And if you know anything about ingestion, you ingest, you know, things like you can ingest things through your skin, obviously through your scalp, because there are pores that are open and, you know, things can go in there. So all the chemicals that they've been putting, and these perms are not, you know, once a year. Most people do every, what, six to eight weeks. So imagine every six to eight weeks, you're just ingesting chemicals that are harmful, that are going into your body, that are wreaking havoc. And now, donkey years later, they're telling us that these things lead to cancer. Like, where do you even start from? Even if you were to cut your hair today, everything that has been ingested over the past, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years is already in there. It's already going into your body. It's already doing whatever damage that it needs to do. Just to show you how badly this perm of a thing is, I remember in high school or secondary school, I went to a boarding school and you had to get your hair done. You had to have cornrows in your hair just to maintain it, just for uniformity, just so you won't be distracted with, you know, what styles you needed to pack or present or whatever. And it was co-educational, so both boys and girls. Anyway, we would go home for half term or when we were starting a new term, people while they were home would get their hair permed because, of course, we're going to be in school for, I think, about eight weeks before half term and then go home for a few days, come back for another eight weeks. So people would get their hair permed right before they were coming back to school or if this was half term, same thing. And some people, so the relaxer is supposed to be timed. You put it in your hair, it's for a certain amount of time. You wash it out, it has straightened your hair follicles. If you put it longer than that, it now begins to burn your scalp. Honestly, this is another reason. This is something that should have told us there's something wrong with this. But it begins to burn your scalp and it starts forming like scabs, you know, skin, like actually burnt. It hurts, red, sometimes bleeding. You can't touch it. You can't do anything with it. You just leave it as is. Some people would keep the relaxer on longer on purpose just so that their hair would burn because if their hair got burnt, then they wouldn't have to do cornrows to come back to school. Or when they came back to school, they would be like, well, my hair is burnt, it's hurting, it's injured, it's in a bad state, I can't touch it, I can't cornrow it. The point of that was they wanted to be able to leave their hair out and pack it in different styles because they felt it made them look cuter, it made them look more mature, it made them look fly, it made them look better. Why should I cornrow my hair and be looking like someone who's from the village or just not looking as cool as I could be? That is how bad this relaxer thing goes. Can you imagine burning your own scalp on purpose because you assume that having your straight hair down is superior to whatever else the school is asking you to do or whatever else the rules are? You're harming yourself. You're burning your own scalp. You're causing harm to yourself because straight hair is superior. A perm is ideal. Nobody should mess with that. Honestly, there's just so many things when you think about it as black people that have been ingrained into our mind. We've been taught, we've been trained that we need to unlearn. Thank God the natural hair movement came back, you know, a few years ago, maybe not a few years, but let's say at least a decade ago, people started reverting back to their natural hair, trying to figure out how to take care of their natural hair, do styles, do this, do that. And I won't lie, it does take time to know what your hair likes, to know what works for you. It does take time to get your hair done as opposed to if you had a perm and it was straight. But I would rather take healthy than putting chemicals into my system because 
I just want to conform or I want to look a certain type of way, blah, blah, blah. It's a personal decision not to knock those who put a perm or who wear weaves or wigs. Nothing absolutely wrong with that. But do it because you want to. And that's the style or the fashion that you want to adopt at that point in time. Not because you feel this is what will make you belong. This is what will make you be a part of an institution that has already been established, make you accepted, make you look professional. You can be professional, whatever state your hair is in, natural state, perm state, braids, weaves. It just depends on presentation, how you pack it, how you style it, how you keep it looking neat and groomed, how, you, how often you change it, and so on and so forth. Don't buy into the idea that there's something wrong with your natural hair or your natural hair is not acceptable in the state that God gave it to you in. That's a mistake. I don't know the origins of that. I would say it's still part of slavery and colonial mentality. But we're doing things to change it. That is the good news. I started off talking about frenemies. I'm assuming everybody knows what a frenemy is. In case you don't, your friend is somebody who cares about you, who has your best interest at heart, who is happy and excited for you when good things happen and you succeed. Your enemy, on the other hand, is somebody who really doesn't care about you, has plans to harm you, maybe not themselves, or they hope bad things happen to you. Your success makes them mad. They don't want to see you move forward in life. They hate you. Your frenemy is someone who is in the middle. They don't want anything bad happening to you. They don't intend to harm you, but they also don't want anything good happening to you, and it upsets them when you succeed. A lot of people have frenemies. It's kind of a thin line between, you know, competitive nature, healthy rivalry, and being a frenemy. Healthy rivalry is your friend tells you, hey, I started a business. Or maybe you and your friend have talked about starting businesses. You procrastinate, you make excuses, you're not ready. Maybe you don't have the funds to start or you're busy with your daytime job. Your friend goes ahead, they start the business. They start doing well. The business blows after some time. They start making profits. Their name starts getting out there. Everybody's talking about the business. You're looking at yourself and you're like, Shh, I should have started when we talked about this thing. I would have gotten this far by now. I could have, you know, that's healthy rivalry in the fact that you're happy for your friend. It just makes you more accountable and more, you know what, I'm playing myself. I could be doing a lot more, but instead I keep making excuses. Now, see, I haven't moved forward and my friend is able to get this far. I need to buckle up. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's fair. It's a good way to ginger yourself. The reverse for any me is your friend tells you, hey, I'm starting a business. You're like, oh, okay, cool story. She starts the business or he starts the business. You refuse to patronize. You don't care. You're not interested. Every time you see posts about the business, you scroll past. You're just like, whatever. What does this person have to offer? I've known them this whole time. Who are they? Why do they assume anybody will buy their products? They're kidding themselves. The thing starts getting better. More reviews. Sales start increasing. They start making money. The brand name starts going around. And then it's really eating at you. You're just like, who does this person think they are? Why do they assume they can just come from nowhere and be successful? I'm sure it won't last. Very soon, everything will come crashing down. I'm here for that. But unfortunately for you, Shame to bad people. They keep doing better. They keep growing. They keep excelling. Maybe now they are being featured in magazines and blogs and everybody's talking about their products and it's just becoming big and wild. And of course, if people know that's your friend, they will say, oh, hey, I saw your friend's, you know, products or your friend's service or I used it and it was even good. 
and that's just eating at you, eating at you. You're just not happy. You're just not, you're thinking, so wait, this person wants to come and pass me or surpass me or now become some big boss and I'm still here, maybe working my nine to five. I thought I was the ish. So that means I'm nothing. It really gets to you. You're a friend of me. That is not healthy rivalry. That is not childhood competition. That is not because I'm a winner. I don't like to lose. You're a hater. You're a big hater. You're not cute. In fact, you're uncute. Frenemies are uncute. Yes, that's a word I made up. Frenemies are uncute. Be happy for your friends. If someone really is your friend, you should be happy for them when they're excelling, when they're doing well. If you need tips, ask, hey, how did you get this done? How can I do this? If that is your motivation or ginger, great. But if it actually burns you in the deepest crevices of your soul when somebody close to you is doing well, you're an enemy and you should check yourself. That is a bad nature. That is a bad habit. You don't even deserve to call that person your friend. And what is annoying about some of these frenemies is they want to know everything that's going on with you. Literally will be asking you, so what are you doing? What business are you starting? Are you getting a promotion at work? How much are you getting paid? Are you dating anybody? So are you on a diet? Like they really want to dig. They really want to know. They're really interested and invested in what is going on with you. Either so they can counter that or just to keep an eye and make sure you're not, you know, growing wings or doing anything big or major. They want to quickly help you cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down. It's funny because it's the people that you know that will really bring you down, right? If somebody you don't know outside says, oh, you suck. I don't like your hair cream. I'm not using it. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I guess you don't like my hair cream. But if somebody who's supposed to be your friend, who you're close to, who you've known says that, it cuts differently, you know? It really gets to you. It really messes with you. It messes with your self-confidence. And one thing I've always told myself is, if you are a Christian, I'm not sure what it says in other religions, but in the Bible, when Jesus came, he came through Mary and Joseph, who was a carpenter. So I'm, of course, growing up, he was working with his dad. So he was the son of a carpenter. I'm guessing he was also a carpenter, knew how carpentry works and all of that. And when he was baptized, and became the Messiah and started performing miracles. It was people who knew him who were like, um, bro, you are the son of a carpenter. We know your dad. We know your mom. We know your siblings. You are nothing. You cannot be who we've heard about. You cannot be who we've been waiting for. We know your origins. You're not from any kind of noble home. You're not a prince. You're not royal. You're not, you're nothing. You're nobody. Those were the people who kept reminding him, this is who you are. You cannot be the Messiah. This is where you come from. You cannot be the son of God. This is, you know, they are the ones who kept bringing him down, bringing him down, bringing him down. So the people that actually furthered the ministry of Jesus were strangers. He would go places, maybe heal somebody. That person would go into the city, call all their friends, or he would start talking and people would gather. They were never his family members or his cousins or those he went to school with or people that he was in the synagogue with. No, those ones were busy sitting down, hating majorly, literally doing everything to drag him down. They were the ones they kept going to report him to the council and to the Pharisees and Sadducees, the people who kept the law. They were the ones who kept trying to find him or catch him doing something wrong. Oh, you healed somebody and today is a Sabbath day. Oh, you're going to get in trouble. Not, hey, Jesus, good job. Wow, that's so nice of you. Now this person is healed. They can move on with their life. No, all they saw was, oh, you broke the law. Let me quickly go report so that you get in trouble. Those were frenemies. I don't think... Some of them necessarily wanted anything bad to happen. They just didn't want Jesus having all this popularity, growing, blooming, becoming this, you know, everybody's talking about him. He just goes about healing the sick, raising people from the dead. 
they just did not want that because we know you, we know the, cut, the cloth that you're cut from, we know your origins, we changed your diaper when you were a baby, we ate with you in the same bowl, you can now come and be this big deal. That is literally how frenemies are in your life. So I'm sure there's somebody or people who have come to your mind while I've been describing frenemies. You probably already knew that they didn't always want your best interest at heart. Maybe you didn't know before today. And as I was describing and explaining, you're thinking about them. I'm not saying have any ill intentions towards them. I'm not saying cut them off. I'm just saying be careful. Don't share your dreams and goals and aspirations with people that will try and dim your lights. Brothers of Joseph in the Old Testament, who he told, here's my dream. Here's what I dreamt. They were so bewildered and so afraid of what he was going to become that they said, you know what? We're going to kill you. You're going to die. I will never bow before you. Don't tell your dreams to people that will try to kill the dream. And hopefully you don't have this kind of people in your life that will try and kill you. Join. So be careful who you share your dreams and aspirations with. Be careful who you let in close. Be cordial. Be respectful towards everybody. If you can help people, help without expecting anything back. But don't put your entire faith and trust in somebody that you know acts kind of shady. When you have good news or say, hey, I started dating this guy, the person will say, oh, really? Hmm, okay. Well, I don't know. He seems like a player to me. He might be. I don't know. He might not be. I don't know. But the person just doesn't want you to be happy, doesn't want you to be in a relationship when they are not, doesn't want you to get married when they haven't. Sometimes they're already even married, though, but marriage is exclusive to them, so you can't join the group or join the crew. Oh, hey. I'm even thinking of working out or dieting. Ah, don't bother yourself. You know everybody in your family is fat. This is just your natural genes. Don't stress yourself. Don't set goals that are not realistic. Like, they always find ways and things to say that will bring you down, tear you down, have you second-guessing yourself. Don't put yourself in that position. Don't tell them anything personal. Don't tell them anything private. Wait for things to manifest and go full force before you share with them, right? You don't need to tell them, hey, I met this guy. It's not their business. You meet the guy. Do what you need to do. If it works out, great. When you get in a relationship, you don't even necessarily have to announce. If you do, maybe the person lives close enough to you where they'll keep bumping into you. Fine. You might mention, oh, the person is thinking about proposing. You don't need to tell them. Let everything happen. And then when it has happened, hey, I started a business. So it's that simple. You don't need to tell them beforehand so they don't cross it. And some of them, you will tell, hey, I started this. So I'm doing this now. And they will react with, huh? Oh, really? Oh, wow. Interesting. And that's it. My friend was telling me about a YouTube channel that she started. And of course, you send out to people, hey, I started a YouTube channel, you know, expecting people to watch and at least give you feedback or, you know, be excited for you. And she sent to someone who's supposed to be a friend and did not get a response. No even acknowledgement, not even a, hey, good job, girl. Or, wow, I can't believe you finally started. Literally pretended like they didn't get anything. Nothing happened. That's a hater. H-A-T-E-R, caps lock, hater. Frenemies, bad belly people. 2020 has already done everybody's strong thing. It's been difficult, it's been, it's been tough, it's been rough. Don't spend your time and energy hating on other people. Do what you need to do. Let them do what they need to do. The sky is big enough for everybody to fly. All the birds that fly, they fly in the same sky. They don't have accidents, they don't collide into each other. Planes do the same thing. There's more than enough space for everybody to excel, for everybody to succeed, for everybody to grow and reach their full potential. If you have to push somebody down for you to succeed, or you have to... Make sure somebody else is not at their best for you to feel like you are at your best. That's a problem. And that's just a very narrow-minded way of thinking and living. It's not sustainable. There's nothing wrong with everybody won't do the same thing on the same day. Nothing wrong with somebody being in a relationship before you, starting a business before you, getting a job before you, 
graduating before you, if anything, let that be motivation of, you know what, if this person that's so close to me and I saw how they started can do this, I can do the same thing as well. So stop hating. Don't be a friend of me. Pick one. Even the Bible says, if you're uh, hot, if you're neither hot nor cold, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out. If you want to be a full-time enemy, be a full-time enemy. Let somebody know you're the enemy. Let them stay away from you. If you want to be a full-time friend, be a full-time friend. Be supportive. Be helpful. Be there. Be a good person. Pick one side. Last but not the least, I said I was going to be talking about slaying down excuses. So I'm going to use my little sister as an example. My sister is barely a teenager. She just became a teenager. But anyway, my sister is a go-getter. She's one of those proactive people that makes so much out of nothing. And to be honest, I don't know how she does it. Every time I talk to her, she started some new project. She's doing some new thing. And I'm just like, how? One, where do you find the time? Two, where are you getting the resources? You don't have a job. You don't have an allowance. This girl does not have a cell phone and does not have a laptop or personal computer. But she's interested in video edits and she makes video edits and, you know, tutorials and all these other things. When my mom goes to sleep, she'll take maybe her iPad or use like my brother's laptop or something and play around with stuff and even started posting on YouTube. And for as long as I've wanted to start my podcast, I'm like, this girl doesn't even have the resources. She doesn't have the time. She literally deprives herself of sleep when she should be sleeping to stay up because that's when nobody's using their device has a short amount of time, uses it, does what she needs to do, teaches herself, mind you, it's not like she has any professional <laughs> training, teaches herself, puts this stuff out there, wakes up the next day for school, continues life as if nothing happened. When she wants to do something, she will make it happen. She was telling my mom a few weeks ago she wanted to get her hair done. Obviously, COVID-19, nobody's going anywhere, definitely not going to any salon. My mom doesn't really know how to do hair or whatever. I started watching videos on YouTube and she told my mom, hey, here's a list of things I need so I'll be able to get my hair done. Next time you go to the store, please, can you add that to what you get? Which my mom did. And she sat down, did her hair by herself. And I'm telling you, this is advanced hair. Like when I saw it, I was like, wait, where did you go during COVID to do your hair? And she said, oh, I did it myself. Like so flippantly, I'm like, wait, sorry, what? She did her hair herself. My sister is one person who doesn't make excuses. Regardless of what it is she needs to get done, if she needs your help, she'll tell you, hey, I need help. I'm trying to order this thing. Please, can you help me get it? She wanted to redo her room. Wrote out everything she wanted to do. Went to my parents. Hey, I need to get my room redone. I want to paint it this color. Can you get somebody to come and paint it? I want to change this bunk bed into a single bed. I want to move this here. I want to... Literally, <laughs> she's a boss. She's a project manager telling you, this is where I need your help. Put it here. Do this, do this, do that. And she does the rest herself. She doesn't say, oh, I wish I could do this, but, you know, I'm still a little girl and I don't have any money and nobody will listen to me. I don't even have a phone. I don't even have a laptop. She literally slays excuses. And when you ask her, wait, how did you overcome this or that? She'll say, oh, I just found this in the house and I used it. She taught herself how to sew. I'm not kidding, guys. On top of that, one of her friends used to knit and she said, oh, please, can you teach me? Her friend taught her. Same thing, came back, mom, please, I need yarn. I need this, I need that. My mom got her all those stuff. She started knitting. Knitting to the point of making headbands and actually, you know, things that someone can wear. And my mom said, oh, wow, this is nice. It would be nice if you could, you know, get more advanced and know how to put like a flower or something, you know, to make it more special. I kid you not. This girl went and came back. A few days later, had knitted or knit. I don't know this English. Had knit, knitted, one of the above, a hairband with a flower. No professional coaching, nobody taught her. Went and watched videos, kept practicing, so she got it right. My cousin had a baby, she made one for the baby. It was actually something you could wear and look nice and look like something that you actually bought outside. 
She started sewing during COVID. Okay, we can't go out. It's difficult to go to the market and get material. She found some old material we had in the house, old stuff that nobody was wearing or using anymore. She started converting them, even made a skirt. But my cousin's daughter, actual wearable skirt, looks like a skirt that you could buy outside. I say all this to say, slay your excuses. There'll always be a reason why you can't, but there'll be many more reasons and ways for you to figure out how to get things done. Be like my sister. Determine that nothing is going to stop you. No obstacle is too great. If you need help and you think people can help you with resources, with ideas, with advice, maybe it might even be money, with opportunities, ask. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you won't, but there's always a way around. Figure it out. Do your research. There's so much stuff available on the internet for free. You can read, you can watch videos. Other people have gone through the same thing, gone through the same experience. They've put it up online. They've put it up there. It could even be something like trying to lose weight and you're like, oh, I would have lost weight, but gyms are closed. COVID is happening. You can still do it at home. There are YouTube videos, workout videos. You can plan your meals. You can start eating healthy. Yes, you might make mistakes. Yes, you might fall. Yes, things might not be as perfect as you thought they would be. You learn from your mistakes. You keep going. But be that person who doesn't sit back and say all the reasons why they can't do something. Be that person who is like, regardless, I will make this work. I'll figure out a way, might not be perfect, might not be great, but at least I did it, I've learned from it, I can keep going. So please, stop making excuses. Go for it, ask for help, learn from your mistakes. Key, major point, start with what you have. We've come to the end of this episode. Please, please, please join the BAM fam on IG at Bansa Motivation, B-A-N-C-S. A-N-D-M-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N. Join us on Instagram. Let's continue these conversations. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's get to know each other. Leave comments. Message me in the DMs. Share the podcast with your friends, with your enemies. Of course, your frenemies as well. Be kind. Be safe. Most importantly, behave. Some of you are using this COVID as an opportunity to misbehave. Please. This week coming, as we continue to the rest of the year, behave until I come your way next week. Bye.